amazing. Responsibly sourced agave. Uh, it's on. It's on special tonight. And I make you a little mule. I can make whatever. That's what you look like right in, now. In, is, it, from Florida? You think yeah. a, a beanie in Florida? I mean, all right. Uh, we know people. Come on. Have you 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 just went to Florida? You know that people in Florida wear beanies inside because the AC's up. Uh the 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 problem now, or I guess not the problem. The thing the thing now among the youths is uh wearing a hoodie, <laughs> no matter what. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, uh, it was like well, 95 don't, don't degrees worry. and they were rocking a hoodie. It was awesome. Yeah, you, you, you get old enough. Uh, and, uh, oh, no, these are the, youths. Youths. Like 16-year-olds. Looking through the window. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. 95% of our population listens to this one. I understand the joke. No. No, no. Too bad. It's a classic film. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. The levels, yeah. I mean, not sex. Another movie quote, which no one's going to know because <laughs> uh, stats the matter. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and get a get a quick one in because Sam's got an early flight in the morning and he's tight yeah, tight. Yeah. Oh fuck! I'm I'm sure it looks. Where you going? Where you going? Uh, St. Louis. You can find me, St. Louis. Where to go play? Uh, I mean, he's, I he's a country singer now. Hot dish. Ooh, I'm going downtown, baby. Uh, yeah, actually, I ain't going downtown, baby. Yeah. When I when I was in high school, I went out to Oklahoma to help my grandfather build a barn and shit. And uh, this was this was when you had to go to. Yeah, my dad, my grandfather wanted to teach me the value of an education. You gonna by learn today, boy? Having me build a barn by hand, like we hand dug the foundation for. Anyway, uh, before my flight. I had to go, and the, the kids will never understand this. I had to go to an FYE and buy CDs, <laughs> and you didn't have the internet really to find out like what's trending or what's happening. So uh, yeah. I uh, uh, very much enjoy uh, hip hop, rap music. Uh, not today's stuff. Like I'm old, so like nineties. I'm telling you, with that whatnot. with that beanie cap on right now, like you, you should take a photo of this. You look like a fuckboy right now. You look like a 2023 <laughs> fuckboy with this beanie uh, cap on. I'm telling I'm, you. I'm wearing the hat because uh, it's cold as shit out, and I had to run out and get some, uh, get a prescription for my daughter and get myself some beer for this podcast. So I'm actually, I'm in my, my Huck Performance Fishing. It's not a sponsor, but could be uh, Huck Performance Fishing. And this is like an actual North Face hat that. No, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fucking hat that the Hulk would wear. Oh, look at this. See, this is this is why I got to wear it. Hat uh, here. Hat here and the problem is is it's one of those it's like not quite big enough to go down over here yeah it was a gift for my grand my my, my mother-in-law so uh in any event the point yeah, of yeah. all of that was that i had to go to an fye and i would just grab random cds and listen to i grabbed anarchy by busta rhymes classic album mm -hmm. now but these mm -hmm. were these mm -hmm. were before they had like how just been released for that cd how much uh, you pay for each cd 17.99 Oh my kids these days would never uh, I got Rough Riders Rough Riders Ride or Die Volume uh -huh. 3 classic classic and I got um Country Grammar by Nelly and I had never nobody had ever he wasn't playing played on the radio I just grabbed it randomly listened to it the whole plane with my anti skip on hoping my AAA batteries weren't going to die before I get uh, my double well, batteries how, how much of the anti skip? 10 seconds, 15 seconds? Oh, I had 16. It would, no, it was like 16 seconds or something crazy what? like that. You, yeah. Uh, you poor as fuck. Anyway, I had 45 second skip. Shout Ooh. out my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so I went down there. Uh, I didn't listen to the music while we were working because 
carrying around a, a Walkman on your your side was not cool. But I mowed the shit out of their lawn, which was like <laughs> fifteen acres, and I just listened to that shit on repeat. By the time I got home a month later, country the song "Country Grammar" by Nelly was fucking everywhere. So I I got into that one. I was cool. It was cool before I was cool. Uh, before the song was cool. That's that was the yeah. whole point of that. But well, anyway. in the immortal words of Nelly, "Undele, undele, Timmy, Timmy, let's go, let's, let's pop go. it tonight." It's episode nine, season four, Assassin Matter. We're past the NFL halfway point, Tim. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a little recap. You made the ground up in picks, and now, now that you're back on your bullshit, I gotta be very smart about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna preview week eleven in our cups this week. It's an IPA from Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out Old Ox. And what are you drinking, man? What are you drinking? Uh, Tell the people. I got a little. I got a little random ditty. Uh, I got Bourbon Barrel Oaky Weekend from Prairie that I happened across. Uh, I'm here for it. Um, very nice, very nice. Everyone knows you can follow us on Instagram at Sats Matter. Let me do the part, Tim, and on Twitter at Sats Podcast. All things beer and sports. Find Sats Matter wherever you get your podcast. They drop Spotify, Google, Tim. Get into the fucking show. Tell me what you're drinking. All right, all right. <clears throat> uh, Bourbon Barrel Oaky Weekend. It's a Imperial Stout with. Uh, it's a oh. A stout blended with an imperial brown ale, coconut, <laughs> vanilla, cocoa nibs, and marshmallow flavor. Um, That's from Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's called Bomb. Is their normal like flagship that you've seen a lot of places? I saw that one too. Didn't grab it. Uh, I got this one and one other one in there. Uh, the other one's like French toast, something or other. But yeah, uh, let's see redemption. No, no, no. Krebs Brewing in McAllister, Oklahoma. Uh, funny enough, that's that's what we were just talking about. That's where I went and uh, built me a barn. Yeah, still standing to this day. The, the irony is that uh, you weren't invited back to record season two of Little House on the Prairie. I was not. Spoiler: not. the fucking dog dies. Good. I I haven't. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, uh smells fantastic um by the way i missed you guys i wasn't here last week went down to florida bingo cards get your bingo cards uh, get your bingo cards had a hell of a time flew into tampa for day one did some gambling did some brewery hopping did some green bench some cycle brewing some angry chair got to angry chair uh like 30 minutes before they closed so yeah, we I got there. There's nobody in the photos, but that's uh, pretty dope. No, there's nobody in that place anywhere. Uh, or the <laughs> next day when we went, uh, which is surprising. <laughs> so for the rest of us who love it, uh, all all the breweries we went to were ex- except for Green Bench, which had this really cool outdoor space. Which I understand why that was busy. Uh, everything else is a little quiet. But granted, it was mid midday on a Sunday, hot weather, Tampa. Maybe not chasing down stouts like we were. Uh, but oh. in the cab ride. To the casino, I had grabbed a, a twelve, uh, just a single can, um, and the you know, I guess it's legal down there to, to drink as a passenger. You can do that here in Connecticut too, actually. Um, it's, it's Tampa, you know. What I mean? So we literally tried to pass this thing around, and nobody else wanted it. So I ended up chugging this like thirteen percent stout right before we got to. The, it was it was great. Um, beautiful. Rest beautiful, trip was beautiful. fantastic. Uh, anyway, back to this beer. It smells like butterscotch, which is 
interesting because typically craft beers all kind of smell the same. They're that craft beer brewery smell. Uh, yeah. No, this one smells like butterscotch and tastes amazing. Um, I don't get a lot of the marshmallow, but... Hmm. I don't get a lot of the marshmallow. Definitely get some vanilla and cocoa. Not a lot of coconut either, but the blend of the brown ale and the stout mixes super mild <clears throat> and actually a touch sweeter than I would have expected for this uh, mishmash of ingredients that are... I mean, I say mishmash, but I think these are like 90% of the ingredients you find in almost every adjunct stout. Um, really good. Really smooth. Uh, is it the best of those ingredients combined with a beer? Barrel-aged? Probably not. It doesn't say what barrel it's aged in, which I would love to know. Uh, not that it would influence my decision here, but I'm going to go with a 3.9. Prairie used to be one of those that you would borrow, bag, steal, trade, whatever you could get your hands on. Um, very drinkable, very good. Uh, a touch on the sweeter side with not a lot of those, not a lot of the marshmallow. I think you get the sugar from the marshmallow that's coming through, which makes it a little sweeter. You don't get a lot of the bourbon, which is why I was curious as to what it was aged in, but uh, hmm. not bad. 3-9. 3-9. <laughs> uh, and now you guys know why I give Tim so much shit, because he acts like when I give it a 3-9 and don't fall over and uh, be tough with the rating. That well, it's your 3.9 is what I would give like a 2.5. Oh, Again, you're talking to me with that fucking cap like you are going to say, what's up, ladies? I got this awesome what if, what if I did this? Uh, what, if, what if we unfolded <laughs> it? <laughs> that oh, is geez. more what you're talking about. Like that. No. No, Tim Cronin. You look like Tom fucking Sandoval when you do that. I just, I just want to put that out there. Scandoval listeners, you know what I'm talking about. You know, Tim, just... Yeah, Tom, Tom Sandoval. Who's who's Tom Sandoval? Tom Sandoval. Anyways, moving on. I got this India Pale Ale from Old Ox Brewing, Ashburn, Virginia. It's called Badan, Badan, which was uh, a beer that uh, popped up very quickly after. Oh my God, he's making. He literally <laughs> looks like the guy from fucking Dashboard Confessional. Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this beer, Badan, is a India Pale Ale from Old Ox Brewery. Says tastes like twenty three years of bitterness. That's of course the twenty three years that Mister Daniel Snyder uh, owned the team, and now that he is no longer in charge of the team because it is with the Josh Harris and uh, Magic Johnson ownership group. Uh, you know, Commanders have been have been decent. They've been decent. Uh, I absolutely loved that they produced the beer. Basically said, "Good riddance, go fuck yourself, Dan Snyder," because uh, it's always on that time. Uh, it's funny. Shout out Nate, listener of the podcast, uh, Nate. Why do they have a pig? Why do they have a pig? <laughs> For, like, is there an animal farm reference there? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, but that's their mascot. He wears a World War II doughboy helmet. It's, it's a little weird. <laughs> um, here we go. One step, everyone knows the rules. I'm going to keep fucking with his hat until it's like the perfect. Six point eight, a little grainy. I'm gonna give this a three. It's really thin. I'm gonna give this a three five, a three five for taste. 
Okay. A 15 out of 5. Fuck you, Dan Snyder. Good riddance. Fair enough. Uh, that's the one yes. thing I didn't comment on this beer. This beer is 14.6%. You, you better keep it going, man. Okay. Is this, is, this, is this hat more? To, is this less distracting? Uh, it's not that it's less distracting. It's when you wear the other oh, uh, cap. Oh. You literally look... Shout out. Shout out to the boys. <laughs> Happy Veterans out. Day. It's true. Yeah. Uh, when you put on the other cap, you literally look like... Um, you've seen those, those Instagram reels? Where's that that guy who has the cap on his head and he he's got that civic hatchback with the extra long shifter and he's like mm. super low in the seat, you know what I mean? And it's like when I'm in your neighborhood, all the panties drop and you're just like, oh yeah, no, dude, yeah, that's what you look like with that thing. Look, you you look like a fuck boy. Oh, we keep this fucking, <laughs> we keep this hack, this hacking going. <laughs> oh my goodness, circa circa um, what two thousand two thousand eight? Remember when we all wore the the bucket caps that were military style, but none of y'all motherfuckers wanted to enlist. Right. Uh, th- I mean, None of you. <laughs> this is fresh out of Desert Storm Island, Maine. <laughs> desert Storm, Desert Desert Island, Maine. Yeah, no, it's it's fresh out of. Uh, you mentioned Sam Goody. What about? I mean, Fye. What about Sam Goody? What about Spencer's Gifts? The old oh Spencer's my god! Gift. Not now. I mean, yeah. we we go down to this. Okay, we 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 gotta we gotta talk about some of these picks. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, right. that's what's in our cups. Go find it. Shout out uh, Prairie. They make a lot of good stuff. Uh, they probably had one of the only good pumpkin beers I think I've ever had. Uh, Shout out Prairie, but um, okay. All right, I only got one right last week. Yeah, you suck, dude. And you got all three right. So I am mm-hmm. going to cover the only game that I got right uh, in succession. Although, although okay. I couldn't help but notice the uh, is 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 this rundown accurate here? Because you got me down for two and one, two on week nine. Oh, this is just all three. I got it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so you you cut the gap. It was. You had ten, then you then you got two right. I only got one right, so twelve and fifteen. And then this week you got three right. I only got one, so you have fifteen now. I have sixteen. Burley ahead of you. Uh, all right, week ten, Hawks, Commanders, uh-huh. rained, cats and dogs, and the game was like nine to six up until halftime, and I was like, Jesus, here we go again. Uh, and then somehow in the third and fourth quarters, just a whole bunch of offense, defense, special teams. Everything. Uh, the game ended up being tied with like less than a minute to go. Uh, and then Seattle drove down, kicked the field goal. And a weekend in which there were five games that were decided by a walk-off field goal uh, with zeros on the clock. Absolutely insane. Um, I thought it was great. I may hate Dan Snyder, but I can appreciate what Eric Bieniemy is doing for the offense of the Chiefs. He literally took Sam Howell, and he has made him into, I don't want to say the Kirkland or Great American Value, uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? That would be too far of a stretch. But he is pretty good, and he's able to hang touchdowns whenever he wants. Uh, and they did trade away the defense, so, you know, the team's going to be a little bit different this year, but they were able to get a lot of things going together. The biggest thing that the commanders did in this game, screen game to the running backs. Apparently, Seattle's linebackers just forgot how to, how to cover them, uh, just getting chunk plays all day long. Uh, Seattle, Kenneth Walker, 64-yard, catch and go for the score. Tyler Lockett, eight receptions on nine targets for 90 yards and a score. And DeKalen Metcalf, welcome back, off the milk carton, almost 100 yards. Uh, it, was, it was just a Gary game, right? There's still a lot of questions we all have about whether or not Geno is that guy going forward. For the time being, it does exactly what we need it to do. Thank God. Hmm. Uh... <clears throat> I had a, I mean, 
I got a little bit more into some of my DraftKings bag this week than I had in previous <laughs> weeks. So I was a little bit more studied going into this uh, into this weekend. Um, I made some pretty pretty bold, but some some decent picks that ended up working out in my favor. Uh, the first one uh, was the Jags Niners. The Niners are a team that's kind of thrown up some big question marks over the last couple of weeks. People are starting to wonder if if Purdy was kind of coming back to reality, but uh, they came in and then just absolutely waxed the Jaguars. This was just uh, an impressive game all around. At, at, at one point, they even brought Sam Darnold in uh, for for a couple plays. Um, Purdy, 19-26, he had 296 yards, three touchdowns, took care of the ball, had no turnovers. Um, in a, in a, a team that generally relies heavily on McCaffrey, uh they did not need him even in the slightest for for any of this uh he didn't get a score his, he did his, not get a score record of all those games of the touchdown poof yep seven it was like 17 games 18 was the all-time they tried really hard they gave it to him like four consecutive times uh his touchdown cost me about 500 dollars though so i'm not bitter i'm glad they got out and they, they did their thing uh he was the last leg in a six-leg parlay which i just needed anytime touchdown <laughs> uh that didn't happen uh so that one that one haunts my dreams a little bit um but this one was just uh you know they got it going early uh and they just never took their foot off the pedal trevor lawrence uh, it uh, he had two interceptions on the day this is one of those you know he came in didn't have his best stuff but the niners defense just made that team look awful he was constantly under pressure he was sacked five times. He one of the sacks was a twenty-eight yard loss. Uh, he had a fumble, a strip fumble. Uh, Christian Kirk fumbled the ball. This was just a turnover fest across the board. I think other than the Bills, I think they had the most turnovers for the weekend. Um, the Jaguars are a team that you keep expecting to do well. You keep rooting for them to do well. Trevor Lawrence is phenomenal and is the future of that franchise. But there's there's stuff missing. Um, ETN kind of non-existent. He capped at 35 yards. Uh, it, nothing worked in this game. Everything worked for the Niners. This was their day to shine. Could do no wrong. Uh, at the end of the game, they were up so much. You know, everybody on the sidelines was laughing because they knew what was happening. They were trying to get McCaffrey his touchdown. They literally went four plays in a row just just didn't happen but uh if the Niners are going to continue to play like this they're going to be a team that's going to be interesting to watch I don't think the Jaguars are the best benchmark for that but I think this is what we saw at the beginning of the season the tail end of last season um expecting them to keep this up going forward for another couple weeks I haven't looked at their schedule to see what it looks like uh, over the next few weeks but I would imagine that this might be the Niners team that's here to stay more often than not. Um, I don't think it's going to end up quite this much of a beatdown, but I do think this is a team that is going to pose some some deep playoff threats. Do I think they're contenders? Mm, no, but I think they may play upset or two uh, towards the tail end of the season, as long as they continue to take care of the ball. That's the big key. You mean the Jags? The Jags? No. <laughs> no, 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 I do not. The Jags and the oh, Bills are the two. Uh, be salty when they hear you talk about that. Yeah, I think the Jags. And, uh, uh, sorry, I think the Jags and the Bills are 
kind of in the same boat where you don't really know what you're going to get out of these teams week to week. Uh, I think consistency is a little bit more there with the Bills, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but the Jaguars, they got some. They got they're still six and three, so it's not like they're they're sucking it up. But the, when right. they are when they are inconsistent and they aren't performing well, they really aren't performing well. And on a day where you came in against the team you sh- you were evenly matched up against, maybe running, you were a little bit behind. Uh, and you get blown out. I mean, you scored three points on the day. That is rough with one of the best running backs in the league. And, yep. you know, but, but as quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here, but, uh, a rising superstar quarterback, you would have expected a little bit more than this, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you, speaking of expecting a little bit more, I expected a little more out of the Titans after Will Levis throws three touchdowns and, um, makes me think he can't have all these bad games. But this is the Baker Mayfield game. I saw something on Twitter, and I, I just, again, I'm going to call it Twitter. I'm not calling it X. It's just not. Um, someone said, give Mike Evans the Larry Fitzgerald contract. That guy has given his life to Tampa Bay. I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion. He always wants to take less money just to help the team. Like, give that dude a lifetime contract, man. Just not like a Megatron contract where you ask for the money back a couple years later. <laughs> Lions. I'm just saying... He, when he's on and he's not injured, he, I mean, he just does so much for that team, and the Bucks just roll. Nothing more I could say about that. Um, the Titans did not move Derrick Henry at the trade deadline, quizzically. So, is it? That's, that's as good as the team's going to get. Will Levis thrown to DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Derrick Henry romping away. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. Not going to win a lot of games. Um, this one was, <laughs> in a lot of folks, a bold pick. Most of my mm. picks uh, over the weekend were uh, over-unders or something on those lines. I took the Texans' money line in this game, meaning for those who are uninitiated in the gambling world, I'm a straight-up winner. I took the Texans in this game. Uh, right off the bat, I got excited. It got a little dicey towards the end of the game there. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the Houston's march downfield. Uh, I mean, I was... I, there was a couple things coming into this game that stuck out as red flags for me. Jamar Chase was a big question mark, whether or not he was going to play. There was a couple other injuries on this team where they weren't sure where guys were going to be. Joe Burrow, in my opinion, is still playing not 100%. So there's a lot of question marks. Uh, ultimately, he looked great in this game. He finished with 347 yards, uh, threw two touchdowns, also threw two interceptions on the day, also had a fumble on the day. So like a lot of quarterbacks in the league over this weekend, uh, had some difficulties managing ball control, um, giving his team a chance to, I mean, he had a really untimely poor interception late in the game that, uh, really slowed down the momentum and turned everything back in the Texans favor. But good. CJ Shroud, uh, Stroud is just, um, yeah, that man, He's the reason I picked this team because I think they're surging right now. And I think the team, like Singletary, is also getting his footing and is just a, a, a machine right now. So um, momentum is really, really tough to break when you're riding it this high and everything is going their way. Um, I mean, N- Noah Brown, if anybody told me who Noah Brown was before the beginning of the season, I mean, I I would have 
thought you were just making it up, but a uh, guy finished with 172 yards on the day. No touchdowns, but uh, helped carry this team in some really tough situations. But Shroud, uh, I keep saying Shroud. He's not a, a Twitch streamer. Stroud. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't even know what he's on anymore. But Stroud himself is just playing extremely well. You have to wonder, you know, we talk about this all the time when you see these little flashes in the pan. Is this lack of tape? Is this, you know, a, a new toy in the league that the team, that the league hasn't adjusted to quite yet, who may ultimately crash down to reality later this season? I don't know, but he's showing a lot of poise. He's showing a lot of um, good decision-making. He did have two fumbles that he coughed up. He did have an interception. So when pressed, things kind of get a little crazy. The Bengals' defense, though, they're nothing to shake a stick at. So to come out outperform Joe Burrow and that team that everyone constantly and consistently rides so high on. Um, this speaks volumes to, I think, the the poise and the pocket presence that uh, Stroud has. And I think this team is going to be one that is going to be difficult to pick against going forward. Um, Bengals are in that same boat, but for different reasons. I don't know if I'm confident in picking them every week because you're not 100% sure what you're going to get out of it. Whether it's because there's some undisclosed injuries, whether they're just not on the same page. Uh, it's t- it's tough to say because you expected more out of this team and to be 5-4 and four in that division and going up against, you know, at the start of the season, if you told me they would be struggling against the Texans, I would be shocked, right? Because it's mm-hmm. the Texans who haven't really been relevant since Hopkins left. And even then, we're, you know... In and the out of mediocrity. Watt disrespect you're giving right there. Come on. <laughs> I know. The Brian Hoyer disrespect you're giving right here. Come on. Now. I know, but it was like outside of their defensive play, there was really no major concern. Uh, but, I mean, they're sitting at five and four. They're ready to, you know, they string a couple wins together, and this team is now flirting with some, some, some playoff dreams and hopes. And. You, you hope a guy like Stroud can continue to perform at this level, and it isn't a case of just not having enough tape to understand what he's looking at, but, I mean, he, you know, he's giving me some Ravens vibes, like early Ravens vibes with Lamar Jackson when Lamar first came out, although I think he might be maybe a touch more accurate than Lamar is, uh, yeah. but it's kind of feeling the same, where he's mobile, can kind of burn you a little bit with his feet, uh, but can make some good decisions and can huck that 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 football if he if he really needs to. Um, this is a game he didn't have to rely on his legs all that often. He only had two attempts, and I think he capped out at like I think eight yards total for for the entire day. But man, got got balled out for an eighty-seven point one QBR rating on the day. He looked a lot better than that on paper. I think those two fumbles have really rocked that uh, that QBR rating. But honestly, if, if you it doesn't matter if you have the turnovers, if you can overcome the turnovers and you still get the dub. I mean, Bur- care, Burrow right? had two himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Speaking of turnovers, uh, besides them being a pastry, um, if you'd have told me <laughs> that uh, Josh Allen was going to turn over two times against the Denver Broncos and that the Bills would turn over another two times to the Broncos and that Russell Wilson would have a better QBR rating, more touchdowns, and more passing yards, I would tell you you're smoking something. However. This is what happened. The Denver Broncos won 24-22 to 
on one of the most hilarious Monday Night Football games I think I have seen in a long time. Hilarious because if you watch the uh, the Omaha production um, with Eli and Peyton, they had Patrick on. They said, "What what what, what do you think? What do you think? You know, Denver and Russell Wilson are going to do?" And then <laughs> Pat looks at the screen, not not watching the game live. He looks at what he can see on the, on the feed, and he goes, "Oh, I've seen this before." Oh, they're going to run, run, play action pass on third down. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Uh, a run with Javonta Williams, another run, uh, and then Russ pirouetting in the, in, in the backward style that he likes to do. Throws across his body. Corner Sutton. Corner. Touchdown. So um, I didn't think that, uh, that the Buffalo was going to give it away, especially with at the two-minute warning when the Bills went back after being down um, – 21-15 that okay cool it's 22-21 what's going to happen here Denver drives they get a field goal but it doesn't count because there are 12 men on the field and <laughs> that penalty gives them five yards closer they kick the game they win in Orchard Park 24-22 DeMar Hamlin played in this game absolutely fantastic Looks like he can still play football. It was just insane to me that Russell Wilson now seems to have fallen into a click and things are just, they just look easier for him than they did at any point last year or even in the first part of the season. Uh, the run game is doing exactly what it needs to do. Cortland Sutton, the most productive receiver, 11 targets, caught eight of them, but only 53 yards. Like everyone played a role here. Uh, Tim, I don't know if you've seen that key and pee. Key and peel skit from back in the day, mm-hmm. but it's the uh, it's the it's the NFL player East and West introductions. Yeah, um, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Lil Jordan, <laughs> uh, one target, one reception, fourteen yards, average fourteen yards a catch. I, I don't know, man. Just uh, I kind of, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but uh, I kind of feel like I'm doing them a disservice if I don't name them Jaquarius, Shamarius. Sneed or something like that. <laughs> Any one of those names that I saw in that key and peel skit. I mean, obviously, I'd have to, I don't want to culture appropriate, so I need to make sure that uh, it's a funnier one. But um, man, I I just did not think that the Bills would would fall here. You you mentioned something earlier, and I want to touch on it just briefly before we go into your last game here. Yeah, the Bills and the Jags. You said are on the same they're on the same wavelength. You don't know what you're going to get with them. And at first, right. I thought that is sensational. I don't know why you would say that, but the Jags beat the Bills in London. And the Bills, for whatever reason, don't seem to be playing their best football at all. They show up in moments, but they cannot sustain anything. Uh, the offensive coordinator for the Bills was fired after the Monday Night loss. But, I mean, it's not the offense's fault that you had 12 men on defense, special teams on oh. field, that gave them an extra five yards. Like, you knew exactly what they were going to do because yep. you saw them spike the ball and run. If Denver can get 12 guys off the field, and 12 guys, I mean, 11 guys off the field and 11 guys on the field. And you have 11 guys that run off the field and 12 that are on. Somebody's got to do the quick math and go, oh, shit, I can't be here. And get off the field. I mean, it just does not make sense to me that a team that wants to be known as a Super Bowl contender could make such a mental mistake like that. Um, there was, I mean, there was countless mistakes in this game. Countless between, mistakes. And everyone's going to look, I mean... I saw a tweet that said we need to look at Josh Allen in the same way we look at uh, who was it? Uh, Dak Prescott in terms of turnovers. Yes and no. As of late, 
Josh Allen has done a better job of taking care of the ball. There was two of those turnovers that were that had nothing to do with him. That went right through or off the hands of uh, a receiver that a hundred times out of a hundred there's zero excuse that those weren't caught. Like this is we're not we're not talking about like a, a, a Mac Jones style interception or a, a zappy interception. They literally threw it directly at a defensive player. This went this, and I've said this a, a, a million times and I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting tired of saying it. I feel like a broken record. There needs to be a better classification of interceptions when a receiver is fully responsible for catching that ball or the ball is tipped, yep. right? Like if the ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage or by a receiver or somebody and a defender happens to be in a position to make a play on that, it, it should be called a deflection or a tip or something because, man, I think it was the second turnover went right through i think it was Diggs, and went right through his hands like there's he makes that catch a 99 out of 100 times i don't even i don't even know that's such a high percentage but he was mid-stride it wasn't overthrown uh he had it it went like both hands on the ball just slipped through and because it's Diggs, he's getting double teamed they had a, a corner on the front side helping try to deflect the the pass who obviously trailed behind and missed and the safety behind happened to be in a good position right behind where the play went down and it literally went through Diggs' hands right into his hands for the pick and it's like come on dude like that now we're talking about josh allen turnovers because here he's again uh, it's this is one of those that wasn't entirely on him uh, his team let him down. The uh, whoever is responsible for how many men are on the field let him down. They had a chance. They had that game won. The the kicking team for the Broncos was a fucking dumpster fire. The only reason the game extra was points. oh my god, he missed yep. extra points. There was the that botched play where he picked it up and tried to run with it, uh, and then he missed. Well, it would have been the game-winning field goal, but there was 12 men on the field. Uh, I like Which was set I, up by a pretty ticky-tacky uh, pass interference play. By the rule, though, he wasn't looking for the ball before he made contact. He then turned as he was making contact. So the like, only thing that saves the Broncos there, because did you see that play? The, yeah. the, the Buffalo Bills basically said, we're going to put two people back deep, and we're putting seven on the line. Yeah. <laughs> and you see Wilson's like looking, he's like, Oh, oh, and he realizes, oh, shit, I only have five offensive linemen and one tight end, which means no chipping is happening, which means we're being overpowered. And they did it on back-to-back -back drives. Yeah. Um, and Russ just, he threw up this duck. I mean, I, I, was, I was chirping about the group chat. I'm like, this is why Russ ain't got it anymore. And like, well, he got, the, he got the play. I'm like, yeah. it was like a fail Mary type throw. Like, it really wasn't that great. Yeah. And uh, I, will, I mean, it was... I would say bang, bang, but you can clearly on the replay see he makes contact, full body contact with the receiver, and then turns yeah. his hand up. So it wasn't like he was looking for the ball and they made contact. He initiated contact and then I'm sure thought to himself, oh shit, look back. <laughs> so it, I agree. Tough, tough call is what it is. We've been burned on it a couple times, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. About That's it. true. That's true. Tell, tell us about the easiest point you got this week. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys Giants. If you did not start Dad. the Dallas Cowboys uh 
defense special teams in fantasy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. when you saw like winning games. <laughs> like, when you saw, like, da- <laughs> when you saw Danny DeVito was the starting, or his Danny DeVito, <laughs> Danny DeVito's <laughs> like, cousin, Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Uh, we, who was who, we, who? I think was quoted. Was it him or or no? Who was Levis Le- Levis Levis. Uh, uh, I think it was DeVito saying, "Yeah, of course I live at home with my mom." Why well, I don't want to worry about laundry, what's on the table for dinner, like which I get, which I, yeah, He's which I get, but is the most Italian thing I've ever heard in my entire yeah, life. But this, this, look, I don't want to get and a diatribe here, you, but this is this is why saw, women think men have commitment issues. You know what I mean? It's just like that. Uh, times are tough you, for you are a decade. Olds. <laughs> no, they're fucking not. He lives in New York City. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Dude, do you know how much the cost of living is in New York City to live on your own? Oh, my God. Anyway, anyway, uh, when you saw he was the starter, if you did not put all your money against him (laughs) and and that team, which is already struggling, uh, you're an idiot. Um, Shout out to them. They won me a ton of money. Thank you very much. Uh, I had had the Cowboys by... 17 points in this game and i had it i had it in the bag by the end of the first half <laughs> which is amazing um that was the last leg of a parlay i had, I had a very good DraftKings, uh and if, if if you live in a state where they've legalized it now um i've always had DraftKings. i use them for fantasy so i always get the money thrown at me for like play this bet free whatever and you build out parlays because they know they're never going to hit uh, all of mine hit this weekend. All of them hit. I I, I came away with a, a a bunch and missed, narrowly missed a bunch more, uh, including a, a nine hundred dollar six leg Celtics bet last night that I missed by half a point. Chris Porzingis, good for you for your your balling out. But I had I had three different. Overs and under the money line and Porzingis at twenty one and a half, uh, uh twenty and a half, and he scored twenty one points. So, uh, anyway, um, I'm not bitter, but I'm getting distracted. Uh, it's because there's not much to talk about this game. Dak came out through four hundred and four yards. Uh, this game was just completely out of hand. Um, it looked closer than what it was because everything went to garbage time in the fourth quarter. Cooper Rush came in. Played a couple, went seven of nine, fifty-eight yards, uh, threw a pick immediately. So uh, it was—I mean, not much to take away from this. Saquon, I know he said he wants to retire as a Giant, unless they're going to go out and make some changes. I know injuries are tough. It's not your fault. Your starting QB was out, but uh, Daniel Jones has been also struggling. Um, Saquon finished with negative receiving yards in this game, which is just completely wild. And he capped out at 66 yards. No points across the board. So, um, the Giants have some soul-searching to do. They are the least threatening team, I think, in the entire league. I would put them even behind the Patriots, because the Patriots could fuck around and, and win a game at any point based off of their defense. The Giants don't even have the defense to fall back on. So, um... Unless something changes here, uh, you know, I will always bet against this. This was this was an easy pick. I, I half expected this, just with my luck, to turn out to be a weird fluke. But like, CD Lamb had one rushing attempt and got a touchdown off of it. 
he had another touchdown. I mean, this, they just did whatever they wanted in this game. There's yep. nothing anybody could do about it. Um, it. And it, it kind of goes, I, I've been saying the Cowboys are uh, a really, really good team. Uh, I think they are, I won't go so far as to say Super Bowl favorites yet. But they're playing that card, which is a really gross thing to say. Shout out to Anne Tupui. Uh, I, I've given you a lot of shit as a Cowboys fan. You've given me a lot of shit as a as a Patriots fan. But this might be your time. And, uh, you know, despite Stephen A., I think, uh, I think you guys are in a position where this is slowly becoming... Your season to lose, which I said in the beginning of the season, and it's coming to fruition. You're six and three. You just trounced the team. You should have uh, this forty-nine to seventeen made the game look closer than what it actually was. This would have been a, a complete blowout if it wasn't for for garbage time. So. Yeah, I would I would agree there. Um, <clears throat> moving into week eleven here to start the slate of games, Houston, Arizona. Kyler Murray was back uh, for the Cardinals. Seem to fit like a glove. But there's something in my Marshall Lynch boy. There's something about these rookies, man. Uh, we talked about it earlier. It was like CJ Stroud is like playing out of his mind right now. Yep. D'Amico has made this game simple enough and said, hey, CJ, go do your thing. If you're the Carolina Panthers, if you're uh, the Cleveland Browns, if you're any team that had a chance, the, the Chicago Bears, any team that had a, a, a crack at the top three, you have to be sick. Watching this guy just go out there and just throw picks, then go throw a touchdown. And like, it, it's almost like he has like a, just the memory, the instant memory of those bad plays like a goldfish. He's just like, he's almost machine-like. I'm not, I'm not going to say Brady-like. Everyone is saying, oh, he's the best rookie. Like, I don't, we're not there yet. Like, let's, this is a longer season. Let's see what happens when he gets there. But the Texans, the Texans fight, and they believe in something for each other at the moment. And they are one of those teams that's sneakily very good. And I think this is going to be a much closer game than we all want to give it credit for. I think Houston ekes it out, though. This could be one of those, like, uh, 23-21 kind of games, uh, you know, with a two-point conversion to, to, to sort of do something crazy. Um, and, like, I don't know necessarily that this is going to be like a kicker's game either. I think this might be like a nice little duel uh, quarterback-wise. Yeah, Kyler uh, Murray, uh, showing a little uh, welcome back resurgence, which was which was kind of nice because Hobbs. I, I, we didn't yeah. talk about Hobbs and the Vikings, but man, dude came out and played his ass off. That was mm-hmm. a very mm-hmm. impressive game to watch. So you got a little bit worried about the cards. Thankfully, Murray came out, did his thing, as if there was. I mean, made you a little nervous every time he took off running, but dude was playing vintage Murray. So Stroud, fifteen passing touchdowns, yeah, two interceptions. And we're in week 11, folks, right? He's not going to end with like, like he's not going to be an MVP this year, right? On this team he is, though. It's very, it's very obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something else, man, I tell you. I tell you. <clears throat> tell you about these rookies, man. <laughs> uh, Could I also, uh, a moment of appreciation, because um, you know, I'm, I'm bearing the lead here, and I see your picks, and you're not taking the, the, the easy way out in nope. your picks this week, so I appreciate that. I'm going to try and 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 meet this uh in in kind in in what would you say meet this in kindness meet this yeah whatever um i say that and now i gotta tweak what i was just gonna do 
I was gonna do. <laughs> Remember, I think last season I only got like twenty three or twenty six picks right all year, and I'm already at sixteen. Yeah. Before we go into week eleven, so using this math, even if I do as bad as I did last week, yeah, I had I the lines. I, I had the lines and bears queued up, um, only because I think the lines. <laughs> so did I. I think, so did I, I. <laughs> I think the lions are a team that uh, I know they're seven and two, but they're a team that most weeks you don't have confidence in them and one of these uh mediocre-esque teams is going to fuck around and they're going to win a game and then we're going to be back in the same boat of questioning jared goff and in team when we should be beyond that conversation you know so i will pick him i mean i'm gonna go All with right. the, i'm All gonna right. go with the lions here but something in my gut tells me that this might be an upset style game where uh, Fields comes out or, or we're like an injury away or something happens and here we are next week saying what the hell just happened. Uh, mm, like, I know, I, I, I know Mont Montgomery is doing his thing. Uh, Jared Welcome Goff. Back. Welcome yeah. back. Jared Goff looks like a stud this season. Um, you know, last week, last season, we talked about it a lot, and I kept saying that I think he was a better quarterback than what he was giving us, and I think this kind of cements that a little bit. So this sounds like an easy pick, but I don't have a good feeling about it going into this game, only because, like, statistically, when you line the two of them up together. They're kind of similar in points allowed per game. Uh, they're similar in defensive passing yards per game. They're similar in defensive rushing yards per game. So this is going to come down to whether or not Goff can perform. Because rushing-wise, they're also the same. The only thing that really separates on paper these two teams is that the passing yards per game for Detroit, they're fourth. And the passing yards per game for Chicago, they rank 24th in the league. But rushing yards per game, they're 4th and 5th, with the Lions leading. Uh, defensive passing, they're 20th and 26th. Uh, defensive rushing yards per game, so they're really good at, uh, about defending against the rush. They're 2nd in Chicago and 3rd in Detroit. So, before I read that, I don't think anybody would have looked at these two teams and said, oh yeah, they match up at all. They match up right. surprisingly well. Um Points points scored per game, Detroit 6th, Chicago's 19th, but points allowed per game, Detroit's 21st, and Chicago's 27th. So, again, the margin between these two teams is a lot closer when you actually look at what they're doing game to game than what their records would indicate. And this is... And this is one of those games where, like, Chicago's lost a lot of couple close games. They've lost a couple heartbreakers. So, a couple ball drops one way or the other and you know who knows how these some of these games would turn out or where they would be right now so the Lions are doing fantastic but the chicago is a team that could fuck around and and, and play some upsets here or there and i think divisional opponent you, yeah you, you this always is, have to keep your sphincter tight and make sure yeah this is one of those games that if we're talking about it next week and i'm talking about a loss will i be disappointed sure because i'm uh, you know that's a point for you but i won't but um <laughs> but I'm, I'm i wouldn't be overly surprised about it that's all so i'm gonna go lions yeah. but i wouldn't be surprised if this is uh this is a you know a vintage 
smash mouth football in which we're talking about the Chicago wins. True. Speaking of picks, next season we do picks. Or maybe even this season, next week. What we got to do is we got to do points cancel out. Yeah, all right. I'm down for that. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be some shit? I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm down for some cornhole rules. Yeah, could work. <laughs> and then if you don't, <laughs> Jesus, if you don't, if you don't get three right on uh, on week, you know, fifteen, then you go back to zero. And if you don't get three right on week sixteen, you go back <laughs> if to we're thirteen. If we're tied. <laughs> First one to twenty-one okay. wins. Right, pretty much. Yeah. Oh damn! Oh shit! We could have done that. Yeah. Next time. I'm close. I'm close. Yeah. All right. All right. Next season. Um. Chiefs, Eagles. This is a highly anticipated Monday night game. Yeah. Everyone's going to want to watch this game. It's not just the Super Bowl rematch. It's the fact that the Chiefs have not looked exactly like themselves this year. Um, they're not a great rushing team. They're not a great passing team. What they are, sneakily, is a good defensive team. And that's not what the Eagles are at the moment. Uh, if you take a look at like points against it seems pretty close, but it's not. Eagles are 18th. They allow 21, over 21 points a game. And the Chiefs only allow around 16, right? So we're talking about two touchdowns and a field goal, which is pretty crazy. If you look at points scored, of course, that's where things go a little bit differently. Obviously, the Eagles are in the top of the league because I think they might have had a softer schedule. And I definitely think that they've, they've capitalized where they've needed to. The Chiefs have taken on much longer uh, time to come on board, and they're only scoring about 23 points a game. Uh, you take a look at total yards per game, six and seventh between the Eagles and the Chiefs. You take a look at uh, passing yards. I mean, the same, nine and seventh. Rushing yards, it's eighth and 19th overall, because obviously the Eagles are a much, much stronger rushing team. But this, Tim, reminds me of a very, very tired, tired adage that Offense wins games, defense wins championships. I'm going to go against that here, and I'm going to say that like the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is going to be the reason why they escape out of this game like 28-24 or something like that. Like They have generated more pressure this season when they needed to. They have got more interceptions when they needed to this season, and they have not, outside of their absolute flunker of a game versus the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos now just went and handed the Buffalo Bills their ass in their hometown, right? So now you can't look at that game in a vacuum and you go, divisional opponent, seen a lot of film, new coach, absolutely very possible, right? When you break a 16-game losing streak to a team, you take some of that power back and you go, ha-ha, bitch, I got this. The Chiefs, in that, that, uh, that game in Germany against the, uh, the Dolphins last week, took forever to get going. And then once they did, it was like Thanos, the snap. They were just inevitable. They just did what they needed to do. As, as tough as it will be for Eagles fans to hear this, they do not have a counterpunch at the moment. They have jabs. And they are very, very good at jabbing you into submission. But they only, they only beat the Cowboys because Dak didn't leap more inbounds, because Dak gave it away, right? They were going to lose that. Sam Howell took them to the brink twice. Patrick Mahomes can absolutely do that. Oh, by the way, he seems to have played in the biggest stage, and the Chiefs have won that game. I don't give a fuck if Taylor Swift is in the stadium. Chiefs are not losing this game, and I am standing on it. I'm going to be very happy because we're going to get this pick right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> shout out to all the media companies for calming the fuck down on the Taylor Swift coverage. Uh, not all of them. Not all of them. Also, there's a, there, is a, there is a reputable newspaper that has hired 
their first ever Taylor Swift sports correspondent. And the worst thing is they actually announced who it was and what he will be doing, which is traveling to all the games and figuring out what she's doing. That's terrible. Is it TMZ? I would fucking agree. No, it's not TMZ. It's not TMZ. Dang, dude. We look. Hey, Jay, Jay, Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> uh, shout out to my son <laughs> who went and watched that film with my wife and his cousins. Uh, it's going to be a girl's day. Uh, last minute, um, his cousin said, hey, I'm going. Do you want to come with me? 20 minutes, 30 minutes of that. He's like, I would like to go home, please. What am I supposed to do here? Uh, can I go to sleep? <laughs> my son's also uh, eight. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, uh, his name is his name is Brian West. He he writes for USA Today. Uh, well, I, all if, right, that's if, not. Hold that's on. Not, if if you need to know anything about USA Today, just know that when you get your Sunday paper, if you get your Sunday paper, you can find USA Today with the coupons, the coupons inside the comic section. Just throwing it out. I thought when you said reputable, I I thought it was like a sports franchise. Like no, no. Okay. USA That's, Today. That USA makes sense. Today. That makes sense. You can uh, you can read about your your nonsense and oh New York Times bot portal. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> any event, <clears throat> uh, quick little tangent. Uh, we know the guy who came up with Wordle. It's a Do my, my quick little thirty second segue. Uh, my wife went to school with this incredibly smart guy named Patrick Wardle, who does uh, this uh, white hat hacking for Apple. Big success story was on House Hunters, million dollar home in, in Hawaii. Very nice guy. Him and I have, have chatted. Uh, his cousin, uh, sorry, his brother uh, has a wife who loves um, word puzzles. So he came up with this game. Uh, which is why it sounds very similar to his last name, Wordle. Wordle uh, gave it to his wife. She loved it. He put it online. People loved it. New York Times bought it for a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, a lot yeah, of money. yeah, yeah. Nobody uh, plays it anymore. I don't play it anymore. Do you? I mean, millions of people still play it. That's why. That's why it's still out there. But uh, what, what was, but what was your starting word? What What did you use? Oh, come on! Do you use a different one every day? Nah, I used I, I had like three words I wrote that it's been it's been so long. I, I I have ADHD, so I'm good with that shit for like four weeks, and then I'm on to whatever's next. Exactly. So yep. I did I did what I could. Uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Vikings Broncos. Uh, because these let's go. I almost picked this game. I yeah. almost picked this game. This one's a tough one because these were two teams you kind of wrote off for a little while. The Broncos have a losing record still. Vikings, Kirk Cousins, that whole thing. Uh, there was some drama with some of the players on his team. There was some some Twitter drama or some X drama, which I just deleted, by the way. I deactivated my account and shut it down because it's a fucking dumpster fire. Uh, it's turned into like a nothing but a, a political dumpster fire. So, got rid of it. Don't have it anymore. Uh, rest in peace, uh, X dot. Gritty McDuff or, or what, however you were to put those out. But uh, anyway, Vikings, Broncos. I thought this was an interesting game because these teams are kind of at a, a pivotal point. The Vikings have a winning record, and you thought with Hobbs coming in, it was going to be sort of this questionable uh, stretch of games. That dude has come in and played incredibly well. Kirk Cousins, despite their record, was playing exceptionally well 
Uh, when you look at what he's done with that team compared to the rest of the league, he's at 2,300 yards on the season. He's got 18 touchdowns. Uh, that's up there with, uh, in terms of touchdowns on the season with almost anybody across the league. Um, surprising enough, Russell Wilson also has 18 touchdowns on the season, which yep. surprises a lot of folks. Um, but you don't really know what you're going to get out of Hobbs week in and week out. We just know that dude has played his ass off since joining this team and kind of gives them a very different look and feel than what we were used to. Uh, we were used to Cousins being able to make accurate, good throws. Uh, I, I, I kind of go back and forth whether I put him in sort of the top tier quarterbacks or if I put him at the top of that middle tier of quarterbacks. Kind of goes up and down. I know he had you know a couple of big wins where the chains on the plane and it's turned into a, a an actual Carco meme. chain. <laughs> Um, and I, and I got to pump the brakes a little bit on the Hobbs thing because, uh, while he had a phenomenal game, it still was against, uh, the saints, but I can't believe that you're, I can't believe you're being so despondent about an actual rocket scientist. Come on. <laughs> I, 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 dude is, is super smart. What is, what, what condition does he have? Do we know by the way? Alopecia. I'm, alopecia. Same okay. Thing that's that, that's uh, what I thought. Jada Smith slash, uh, Jada Smith. Tupac. Oh my fucking God. We need to spend two <laughs> minutes at the end of this podcast on that situation because that woman. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I noticed the tattooed eyebrows and, and then didn't realize that it was like a condition. I just thought it was like a, a preference. But uh, dude, is is obviously crazy smart. NASA, when NASA puts out a, a which was super corny. By the way, I I, I agree. I, <laughs> I agree. It, uh, it, was, it was really bad. The gesture was amazing. Uh, I mean, I, it's from NASA. I can't call it corny. It's from NASA. It's a bunch of scientists. This guy with glasses probably giggling the whole time he was typing it out. I don't even know what their social media <laughs> expert might look like. Maybe he did it on purpose uh. to sound like he came from NASA, but there were some really cheesy puns that were in there. Uh, but anyway, Joshua Dobbs, he, he had some, some, pretty, some pretty good runs. With the Cardinals, uh, didn't always look the best, but that team was built a lot different than I think what this Vikings team is. And I think he's got a few more weapons he can he can leverage to try and get uh, what he needs. He's got Hawkinson, uh, Chandler was out, uh, helped make some of the the magic last week. Um, if he can come out and have even a little bit of success this week to mirror what he just came off of, I think. I'm still not sold in the Broncos. I, I don't agree that Russell made everything look easy. The guy was constantly on the run the whole game. He just happened to get himself in position to make some some good plays. He scrambled when he needed to, but I wouldn't necessarily say it looked easy. He looked like he was running for his life and was making it work. I think there was still like a... I think at one point he had like this weird hop throw that he made that ended up connecting. Um, so, I'm not... Not 100% sold on it yet. I, I think this is a, a positive step over the last two weeks. I think he's actually made some some positive momentum in terms of what his game looks like. It's looking more like some vintage uh, Wilson, but what he doesn't have is the benefit of a stellar defense to back him up. That's, this defense is definitely suspect. They rank... Uh, pretty much in the bottom half across the board. So, 
23rd in the in the passing defense. They're 32nd in rushing. So now you take a team that has some decent uh, run game and you mix it with a quarterback who's kind of showing you some new looks and has a lot of potential with his legs. Now you're kind of opening yourself up for some tough water. So I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. Uh, could be an eye-opener. Russ could be... Cooking. I, I won't could say he's cooking. cooking, but he's at least using the microwave. Uh, <laughs> you know those those little meal prep services where they send you the frozen meals and then you, yeah. you put it in the, the convection oven and you scan yeah. the, the meal card and it does it for you? That's I'm sorry, but that's what the Broncos are doing right now. <laughs> as far as cooking, dude. You you just preset the timer, beep. It goes when it's done. It does it does exactly what you need it to do. Yeah, and it's really tough because coming into this before they lost Cousins, um, the Vikings were third in the league for for passing yards. So they were, I mean, they were doing some some really good things. And you kind of, I mean, it's got to be a, I mean, it's got to be a little backbreaking not knowing what it is that you're gonna come out of this game with because i think i'm trying to find where the cardinals are the cardinals are uh, where are they yeah the <laughs> passing yards for the cardinals are 31st in the league which is all on the back of hobbs who was their starting quarterback so mm -hmm. granted not as many weapons as the vikings have uh but their game is now a little bit more open in terms of what you can do because they were ninth in the league with Hobbs legs and, and everything kind of going on there. So this will be an interesting one. Another game where if we're talking about the Broncos win, I won't be overly surprised about it. Uh, but I feel like Hobbs has given this team uh, a, a new look, a little bit more of a dynamic gameplay going into this. Now he's in his second week with the team. They could probably build off of that a little bit. The Broncos are struggling a little bit against the run. Now you have to equate for now you have to account for a quarterback who can also burn you with his legs. I think this is going to be a little bit of a tall order that Russ isn't going to bail you out of. So I'm going to go Vikings in this one. All righty, last last game I'm going to pick here: Ravens Bengals. Ravens absolutely thumped the Seattle Seahawks. The Bengals have beaten the San Francisco 49ers handedly and the Bills, and a bunch of other teams after a slump to start the season. That means I'm not picking against the Bengals. They, I do believe, and I'm, Jamie, I'll have to pull this up here. Um, I do believe the Bengals already lost the Ravens once this season. So, like, they're in square in the playoff hunt right now, and they need to make sure, because every, every team in the AFC North is over 500. Every team, including the Steelers, which sounds crazy because they have... Uh, Last night, we let the pickings talk uh, at quarterback. And I, I know, Tim, you're just like, why do I put up with this? But uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's, it's very plausible that you could have two teams make it into the AFC playoffs from the north. And they only lost to the Ravens by a field goal the first time they played in September when Burrow was coming back from his calf strain and not 100%. These teams look markedly different now. This is like one of those football games, if you're an old-school football fan, you wish to see because it's going to be a quarterback duel. It's going to be a duel in the trenches, and defense is not really going to be what's going to happen this game. I hope. God, I hope. So 
Uh, I'm going to go Bengals here. I think it'll be, again, 27-24 kind of thing or 28-24 kind of thing. Stick with the Bengals. Hashtag let Joey roar. Get it done, Bengals. Get it done. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, unfortunately, we're out of pretty much good games for the week. So, I do have to go with uh, one that might be a layup. Um, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I'm going to go Niners, Bucks. Uh, because I think Evans playing like a, a man possessed. I think uh, I, ba- ba- Baker's not the guy. You know that now. <laughs> like he's been on enough. He's been in enough situations. We know he's not going to be your savior. You're gonna have to rely on someone to help keep that team afloat and i think evans is the guy who who could probably do that which is which is great to see because he's like like we already talked about he's the the glue that holds that team together i know he's restructured his deal a couple times to help this team uh bring in talent um do i do i think baker mayfield has what it takes to bring this team to like the brink of success, uh, I'm not there. I don't think so. Um, but dude was playing his ass off this week. He's making some pretty incredible catches. Uh, he had a he had several highlight reel throws, uh, uh, catches over the week. But a lot of that relies on what Baker Mayfield is capable of, and that is where my uh, that's where my loyalty lies. And I think that's where I don't think you were ever loyal to, to n- Baker never. And I don't think that would surprise anybody here. Now, what I if already he was said the Patriots quarterback because he's better than Mac Jones. Is he no? I don't yeah, think he, uh, he is. So he is. So here's where I'm at with the. Well, I tell you what, we'll have a moment with that. Let me. We'll get through this pick because it's the last one, and then we will spend a few minutes talking about the situation because I think we need to flesh it out for at least two minutes. Hey, but, uh, we got a situation here. Uh, Another pop I'm gonna go Niners. Nobody fucking listens to this podcast is gonna understand. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Uh, I'm gonna go with Niners. Uh, I just think uh, when they are firing on all cylinders, they are uh, one of the better leagues, uh, better better teams in the league. But I still need to see more out of uh, uh, Purdy. I know we're. A Season and a half in, I haven't looked to see how many games in total he started, but I think we may have seen an accumulated full season. But he's put a couple goose eggs up, uh, not literally, he's put a couple bad games up. Uh, the Buccaneers are one of those scrappy teams, they're sitting just below 500. They could come in and, and, and ruin a day or two if Mayfield comes out feeling dangerous again and, and Evans, is, uh, Evans is on his bullshit. They could come out. And they and they could put up a couple of these because, uh, you know, the teams they lost against the the Eagles, they lost against the Lions, Falcons was a questionable one. They lost against the Bills and they lost against the Texans two weeks ago. So several of those teams are some of the better teams in the entire league. Like the Lions, obviously, are seven and two. They are, I think, currently the best team in the league record wise. Uh, the Texans, we've already talked about Stroud and, and what he's doing. The Eagles doing Eagles things. So I'm I'm not I'm not gonna sit and say this 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 team isn't capable of pulling this out. Um I, I, I mean it's gonna be the Niners. It's gonna be the Niners. But I think this might be a closer game than what we 
might think it is going into it. Um, but yeah, still gonna be a Niners win. That would be interesting. Uh, let's let's talk briefly. Yeah, briefly about one Mac Jones. Yeah, rumors going around that maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a trade afoot uh, to get uh, one Jimmy Garoppolo oh. back to New England. I hope not. He's not the guy either. He's not the guy either. So here's here's the hill that I'm going to continue to die on is that Mac Jones isn't the biggest problem on this team. The guy has shown the ability to move the ball and make plays. The problem is he's also shown that he has the ability to turn the ball over, but we have that... You're muted, so nobody can hear you shit talking. Uh, <laughs> still muted. Damn Try it. again. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I'm like side-eyeing him, and I'm like, you mean he has the ability to make plays for the other team and put the ball in the other team's hand, which is what he does. And uh, come on, Tim, he's been replaced by Bailey Zappi three times this year. Three yeah. times. Yep, and how's, how's that turned out? Well, not great, but I mean, if you have shit in one hand, okay. shit in another. I mean, dude. So, first of all, Zappi and Jones are the same fucking person. They are the same person in the same style. Corporate wants you to tell the difference between these photos. I can't. Yeah, the yeah, photo. yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, a very funny meme going around that shows Scooby-Doo and company with a ghost. And if you've ever seen Scooby-Doo, which is also an old reference, this is like the 40th of the episode. Can, uh, can you title this episode the one with the, the crazy the references that yeah. Gen Z won't understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, they take, and they, at the end of every episode, they catch the bad guy, find out someone in the costume, they remove the mask, and it's someone that they know, right? So, anytime there's a ghost or something spooky, it turns out to be a person. Well, the meme is phenomenal in, uh, they, there's a ghost with Zappy's head posed over it, and when they take the mask off, it's Mac Jones underneath because they're the same fucking person. And if you watched that game thinking, here's our savior and then saw what happened and saw that he did exactly the same thing that Jones did early in the game, you'll understand why. And you could say, oh, I mean, in my opinion, putting him in with a two minute drill is not the time. I said at uh, the last episode or two episodes ago. Jones and the two minute drill is how they should operate the entire game because the dude can move the ball downfield he really can't the problem you see over and over with his team that not enough people are talking about because there's too caught up in how much they hate mac jones which whatever the offensive line is fucking terrible uh if you looked i think they put up a stat last game that showed when he was under pressure he was like eight for eight with like 120 yards but under pressure it fell apart and it's because he Almost every single play he is constantly under pressure because that offensive line is terrible. Uh, the receiving core that they have is like mediocre at best. And they've come out and said, yeah, we need to make better plays on the ball. I mean, they're Juju Smith. Schuster has dropped balls. Everybody, they're outborn. They're their number one receiver coming into the, you know, the week eight, uh, week nine. So, the makeup of this team is just bad and dependent on a quarterback who's had to deal with three new offenses in his first three years being on a team because first you had 
um, Bill Belichick trying to assume the play calling role. Then you had the weird combo of his son and, and whoever else that was. I can't remember. And now you have uh, Bill O'Brien, a third offense within three years. I think what's happening is the same thing we saw with like Mark Sanchez. Was Mark Sanchez ever going to be an elite quarterback? No, but they fucked with him so much because he had to deal with the play calling and then they brought in Tim Tebow and they had to split time. Quarterback positions are built off of consistency, getting to know your team, getting to know the nuances of route running, what they're doing, your options during play calling. All of that stuff factors into you being a successful quarterback. To not have that, and then on top of that, pile on a shitty team that's built around you, it's just, you're you're literally behind the ball so far that you don't go from someone who has some success and then suddenly you're garbage. The they ran majority of their plays as an RPO because he didn't have enough time in the pocket to go through progressions and make a throw. He literally had to hike the ball and had a second and a half to decide whether he was going to go downfield or throw it off to the to the side to a running back who was going to the side. And that's what they had to do. Most not you saw him hike the ball, immediately turn and throw it because there is no trust in that offensive line. There is none. And nobody is talking about it. All they're talking about is Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones didn't do himself any favors in the red zone when he threw an interception directly to the opposing team. Like, a bad read, maybe. Who knows, like, what went on in his mind there. But everybody we saw play this weekend had one of those. All of our superstars. We saw Allen do that multiple times. Uh, we saw, uh, who else threw a couple bad ones? Um, Burroughs threw a bad one. Like, they're going to happen when you're in a desperate situation trying to force the ball downfield. Should they have left him in for the two-minute drill because that's where he shines? Yep. Do I think they would have won the game if they kept him in? Possibly. Uh, but you, you literally took the ball out of his hands. I... I, f- I can't help but feel like there was enough promise that was there in the beginning that if he had some consistent coaching on a decent team where you add a team or where you added players around him, he would have had some level of success. But you've just fucked with the process so much. How are you going to expect him to be consistent year in and year out if your team's not consistent, if your coaching isn't consistent? your offensive line isn't consistent. There's a lot of problems with his team. I don't know if he's what I look at as number one. Do you actually think that there's the the talk about um, Belichick being fired? Do you you think there's any merit to it? Um, Because we have exhausted. If I was going to do rags and roses this week, I would give a rag for the breathless. Is Belichick going to get fired? It's not fucking happening. Right? Right? The dude won you six Super Bowls. You're not firing him. I, Who are you? No, it's the it's the spoiled New England fandom, right? Where we have a couple years of like struggle, and suddenly the world's on fire. Fucking fire everybody! No, I, do I think the game is different than the last twenty years of him being coach? Sure. Do I think his style of coaching? Do I think his style of coaching doesn't work? No, but I think. The, the way that they looked at personnel 
drafting, recruiting, bringing players in, that needs to change. You got to open your wallet. You got to add someone with some talent. You got to foster the talent you have on the team. They were, I mean, one of the strong suits has been taking players we thought were past their prime and, you know, finding a way to turn shit into gold for a little bit and then offloading them. And it's, it's not just, happening now. Well, it's not happening now, right? It's not happening at all. Like, what, what, what is going on here is that the Patriots have not given us anything that's a, a semblance outside of a couple of good times where they have, like, some defensive, like, moments of prowess. They're not able to put anything together. And I don't think for Mac Jones' development as a quarterback, you bringing in the guy that everyone is like, oh, there's a bye week coming up. Or why don't we just play Zappy for the rest of the season? We don't know what we're going to get. Like, let's just focus on next year. Like, it doesn't seem to be the right way to go about it. And no. it's not just spoiled New England fans, Tim. Like, yeah. Belichick has been outcoached thoroughly this season. Yeah, no, but more than a couple of games. But I don't and think I don't think outcoached is the right word because his own his own players have come out like Slater came out this week and said, no, like everybody, I, I believe in what Belichick is doing and I believe what he's saying. Some of this, like we, we don't talk enough about execution and accountability from the player standpoint. Like you can coach a game, but you you can't be in the player's shoes, forcing them to do what they need to do. You can't make Juju Smith-Schuster catch a game-winning ball when he has the opportunity. There's been like four games this season that came down to like a catch that veteran players should be expected to make or would have made. Like the the late ball in week three or four, and he caught it without putting his feet down in bounds. That's one of them. I mean, there's... They are. They were a couple plays away from this team being a, a winning record team, and then we're not having this conversation. The problem is that we don't have the talent to help the quarterback get out of his own way. We're asking the quarterback to do all. We do not have a single wide receiver one on this team. We have Ramondre Stevenson, who you could say is an RB1, maybe. Elliot just finally hitting his stride and figuring it out up until He's this point was guy. non-existent. So what about Demario Douglas, right? Wide receiver. Who, who's great in the open field, but we saw a couple times this week can't be reliable. He dropped a couple big passes that were we, we keep looking at like the the incomplete passes and what's going on. Some of these passes have no reason not to be caught. There was uh it was Douglas late in the game, coming across the seam, had one in his hands, and it literally bloop, squirted through his hands and onto the ground. You're like, you, you got to make those catches. He does great with like the five, 10 yard pass and making guys miss, but he doesn't. There's nobody, nobody on this team right now that I would look at and say, you are the most reliable person we have. I'm going to throw it to Hunter Henry. What we also don't know and what we don't bring up enough because everyone's. Mike Gusecki? Gasecki's not that guy either. Like nobody on this team is that guy. The problem is what we what, we, what doesn't get go oh, back hold on. in time. What last point? What we don't talk about enough. Everything. Everyone is so quick to put all of this on Mac Jones because the Mac Jones is is like the the popular thing to hate. We've seen enough failure in wide open spots, good thrown balls, 
<clears throat> Juju Smith Schuster with his drop last week said it was a, a, a good thrown ball. Is how many of these interceptions <clears throat> are because the receiver is not in the position they're supposed to be in. Because nothing, nobody on this team has given me the confidence to say, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're doing your job. How many of these are, like, you'll, you'll see it sometimes where, where Jones will throw the ball and he kind of looks shocked that the receiver wasn't where, wasn't in that position. So, some of it, um, I'll, I'll say is probably poor decision making, but I'm guessing because nobody on this team seems to be doing their job the way it's supposed to be done. Some of these are just missed route runs. They're not doing what they're not putting themselves <laughs> where they're supposed to be. They're not making, ca I mean, it's across the board. Everything is a mess and nobody's used to it as a Patriots fan. And the easiest thing to do is blame the guy who replaced Tom Brady because he's not Tom Brady. But I think the, the picture True. is much bigger than that. And we're turning a blind eye to all the other gaps on this team that aren't Mac Jones. That no matter who you put behind center, if we bring Garoppolo in, let's say we bring him in, he's going to look just as bad because he's a game manager and he's still going to be under fire and he's probably going to get hurt before the end of the season. Mark my words. I mean, it could be. I just want to point out that uh, a couple years ago, Patriots had a chance to draft one A.J. Brown or one DeKalen Metcalf, and they didn't take either. Next, on National Public Radio, how the Patriots took Nikhil Harry. That's right. Who the fuck is Nikhil Harry? Because he's not done anything for the Patriots. Yeah. There's not been a great wide receiver there. This whole, we'll just put a, a lacrosse player out there, and it'll just fucking work, has not worked. Outside of trying to get a bell cow running back, which they don't have the draft capital for. Like, you're going to get what you want over the next couple of years, Tim. Like, the Patriots are going to be really bad. My question, because we completely tangented from it, is should should there even be discussion about moving on from Belichick? I don't think that there should be. No. I think it's I, absolute I, heresy. And it, it's insane to me that people are just like, fire everyone. I, it, I, doesn't, it does not compute. I know. 20 years of success gets thrown away for like three years of struggle. What they need to do is they need to change their uh, their approach to staffing this team. You can no longer rely on your quarterback to turn shit into gold. You just came off of like two and three consecutive uh, coaching turnovers. You need to yep. establish... So here's, in my opinion, here's, here's how we find success. You establish consistency in your coaching. Right, which is probably also going to come under fire, and someone will probably get canned. And I hope, I hope not. I hope they give this another year, maybe two years, get some consistency in that position, and then actually open your wallet and bring in some talent. Bring somebody in who could help your quarterback, regardless of who it is, get out of trouble when they're in trouble. Let's also take our offensive line. And either reevaluate the offensive line coach and say, okay, maybe that's move where away the problem from Dante is. Dante Scarnecchia, the guy or, that has helmed your offensive line the entire time. Through, I'm saying, your I'm saying, or, or, well, I mean, you can't look at Bill Belichick and say the game's past him and then see what's gone on the last couple of years of our, on our offensive line and, and not point. look at Fair him. Point. Right. Yeah. Like they are, they are bad. So either you need to spend draft capital and give your quarterback more time 
which take all the time you want. If your offensive, uh, if your uh, receiving core isn't capable of, of getting themselves open and helping your quarterback out, it's all spent in vain. So there, there's lots that needs to happen. You need to take a rebuilding period and not look at just your quarterback because it doesn't matter who you put back there. Like Tom Brady can come out of retirement and I don't think he's going to make this team better because he doesn't have the time to make the throws. I know he had the fastest release time. Mac Jones, I think, was matching that for the first like six or seven games because he had to to save his life. So he got sacked more times in the first half than I think he did all game any of the previous games. Like it's just it's it's fucking awful. His receivers aren't getting open. His offensive line isn't stopping anybody in the pass rush. It's not going to work no matter who's back there. So you either take a look at your offensive coach and see if maybe the game's passed him. I don't think it has. Okay, spend money, capital, draft capital, whatever you got to do on an offensive line that can actually give your quarterback a few minutes to work through his progressions. And you give him a tight end or an RB1, someone he can throw the ball to that will give him some success. Don't forget, when he got rid of Brady... We also got rid of Gronkowski, who was his get-out-of-jail-free card because the guy was 6'8", 300 pounds, and had the hands of a Venus flytrap. Once it was in there, it was never coming out. Uh, They don't have that, so they don't have a get-out-of-jail-free card. They don't have an Edelman. They don't have someone who could cross the middle, and it's guaranteed to make a catch, even though his world was going to get rocked, and he was going to be crippled by the time he was 65. None of that existed. You You don't have a quarterback who can... You know, put the ball in the perfect football size hole between 15 different people. That stuff doesn't exist in the makeup of this team, but we're looking at this team through that same lens. So there's lots that has to happen. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is, it's still going to be a shit show, no matter what, unless you make those changes. Well, I don't think we can we can do anything more that the uh, New England Patriots haven't already thought about doing themselves because uh, I'm I'm. They're not going to make the playoffs, right? They can play spoiler for a lot of teams here. But it's very clear this will probably be one of the darkest seasons on record for the New England Patriots in a long time. So uh, if if those fans, Tim, have really been all about, well, it's just, uh, let's be bad so we can get good draft picks and fire the coaches and everything, then you're going to get exactly what you want because the NFL is a cold, cold-blooded business. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, I think Belichick will stay put. And I think they'll win 15 games next year with Caleb Williams from USC or Michael Penix Jr. from UW. So you never know. Um, I think that'll do it for this <laughs> quick episode, which turned into an hour, 26 minutes. <laughs> turned into a regular episode. Woo. <laughs> Once again, thanks for all the love and support, Tim. I hate to say this, but uh, we are not too, too far away from Paris, 2024. Mm-hmm. Which means we need to get we need to get schooled, Tim, on cricket. We need to talk about cricket at the international level. Give it the love it deserves. Yeah, uh, I'm in. And then also golf. Golf is in the Olympics, as is skateboarding. But golf is in the Olympics, and I'm oh. a golfer now. So wait, when is uh, that? When is that Netflix uh, tournament coming? Is it right now? Oh, oh, Jesus Christ! I, I, I'm so over this shit. I'm so over this shit. We oh. we got to talk about that on a, de- a different episode. We got to talk okay. about. We'll 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 do an episode just about golf and their. Oh, just crazy. All right. Let let's 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 put a pin in it, as they say. All right. We'll put a pin in it. If uh if you're listening from India, which we know a lot of you are, uh <laughs> and you want to jump on and talk about cricket and educate two uh Americans who are completely ignorant, I'm all in for it. My knowledge of cricket uh doesn't extend past the amazing diorama 
uh, ESPN has set up in their hallways uh, showing love and passion through cricket in the history of the game. Uh, we're here for it. Message us at Stat Don't Matter on Instagram uh, or Twitter, uh, wherever you want to reach out to us. Let us know. We'll have you join us. We'll talk about uh, cricket. We'll let you pontificate as long as you'd like. Indeed. Indeed. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace.